0: I'm Tracy V. Wilson, one of the hosts of the podcast, Stuff You Missed in History Class. We have just put out a new episode on Jeanne Barret. She is the first woman known to circumnavigate the globe. We did that episode thanks to sponsorship from the all-new 2020 Ford Explorer, and we want to thank them for sponsoring the show. Stay tuned for some favorite clips from that episode. For his part, Carmersong claimed that he was totally surprised with this entire revelation, writing that Beret was, quote, "...a courageous young woman who, taking the clothing and temperament of a man and the curiosity and audacity to circumnavigate the world, accompanied us without us knowing it." Uh, I think he might have been covering his own tail there. (laughs) He really... (laughs) it, It is just bordering on impossible that he would not have recognized her. If you like what you heard just now, give us a listen. Check out Stuff You Missed in History Class on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And the
1: and, uh, oh, Receiving this message. We are Ken Jennings and John Roderick. We speak to you from our present, which we can only assume is your distant past the turbulent time that was the early 21st century. Fearing the great cataclysm that will surely befall our civilization,
2: we began this monumental reference of strange and obscure human knowledge. These recordings represent
1: our attempt to compile and preserve wonders and esoterica that would otherwise be lost. So whether you're listening from an advanced civilization or have just reinvented the technology to decrypt our transmissions, this is our legacy to you. This is our time capsule. This is the Omnibus. You have accessed entry 707.DA0414, certificate number 25458, The Leaf Blower.
0: The falling
1: leaves drift by my window, the
0: autumn
2: Now, discerning futurelings will here in the background, presuming that futurelings are uh, have like auditory, auditory organs. organs. They're not just reading transcripts of of the omnibus, although it's entirely possible. And I support them. I like podcasts that have been transcribed more than uh, listening to them, even. So, if you're an omnibus. Buzz Futureling, and you like to transcribe podcasts.
1: You're in a slave society where your, your large-eared slaves have found these records and right. have created a, a text version of them for you. Good job. Genius. Way to be on top of the ear pyramid. But those of you who are
2: auditory creatures will hear in the background of this episode a reappearance of the leaf blower that appeared in last week's episode. Or I'm sorry, the, the Christmas Eve episode.
1: We had an amazing... Reaction to that, people were just like, let's have more of the leaf blower noise. Can we get more leaf blower noise? And John and I thought, you know, it's the least we can do for our devoted fans.
2: And what says Merry Christmas more than power tools that are noisy and controversial? That's a gift for dad.
1: (laughs) I feel like it just stopped, though. What if the leaf blower noise stops right as we... Oh, right, well, we I think
2: this. it's perfect because a leaf blower on the show, throughout the show, would be pretty annoying. But a leaf blower just to herald the, the entrance of the show?
1: Do-do-do-do! Huh. It's pretty nice. That's what the leaf blower is for, to herald things.
2: But wait, the leaf blower routinely goes off and then starts again. So that's
1: the beauty of the leaf blower. If, the it, if, it, if it just made a continuous noise, you would eventually not hear the leaf blower.
2: But a leaf blower has some kind of trigger... That allows the operator to go.
1: And sometimes it wants a little rest. So you'll get. And then you'll be like, this is great. Oh, sure. Finally, I can't believe he's finally done. Yeah.
2: It, it is strange that power tools have that operator option. It's kind of like the. The Mercury space program where the astronauts said, hey, we don't want to just be in a tin can.
1: Like, give us a control. Give us some switches. Do you think the original leaf blower was just a a thing that was always on? Always on. And they handed it to the guy and he was like, this is, well, you know. I'd like to have a little
2: more autonomy. I mean, all power tools should just be on or off. If a lawnmower just made one
1: sound, it's the... What about my agency as a gardener, I don't know. Here's how I express my art, through landscape architecture. This is what the future should know about.
2: All things will eventually be (laughs) Roomba-sized, where they just become, you know, little robot robot discs that travel
1: the world. I just saw a movie about... um, there it is. It's bad. There it
2: goes. It's on the other side of the house now.
1: Just saw this. It, well, while I was trying to think of the name of Silvio Berlusconi, I just saw this movie about Silvio Berlusconi, and the movie starts with his immaculate lawn out in back of his, I don't know where he lives, Sardinia, maybe? Yeah, sure. So let's his, let's his, say. His amazing Sardinian beachfront media mogul estate, and the lawn is just... Uh, patrolled by a series of Roomba-sized automatic mowers going about their business, keeping his lawn perfectly manicured 24-7.
2: I just want a device that keeps the moles from piling giant
1: mole hills everywhere. Don't offend our subterranean listeners. Oh, right. Sorry, moles. But yeah, they're the worst. (laughs) Like you're you, <laughs> sorry moles, but we're gonna slam we you now. Hate you. you live under the ground. That's fine. <laughs> do whatever you want under there. Right. But do you have to make a little pyramid of, of dirt just because? You, why? You,
2: yeah. Carry the dirt to a single location and build a giant pyramid. That's how civilization starts, moles. Not by building tiny little pyramids as, everywhere you go. As long as
1: we got thousands of little ones, you're a nuisance. Yeah. But as lo- as soon as you can build one big one, you're a force. To be reckoned with, right. you're a demographic. Yep.
2: no, and then start sacrificing virgin moles on the top.
1: Oh, I was going to say form a political action committee.
2: Oh, but well, whatever, one or one or the other. Either way, Ken, do you have, as a dad, as an American dad with a big house, do you have a power tool
1: collection slash, slash fascination? Um, I feel like my my l- noisy things. What are your noisy bench things? Bench in my garage are kind of limited. Uh, when you're an American dad, you have two noisy kids. Right. But I mean, do you have- I have, have a, a weed whacker. Okay. Which is very noisy. Super noisy, dangerous. It's got a little fibrous thing that flips around, decapitating weeds or whatever else you put under there. Moles. <laughs> do you enjoy using it or do you hire that work out? I used to enjoy it. Yeah and increasingly with age and with the novelty of it wearing off i have stopped enjoying it like when we first got people to like do the stuff i you know i didn't want to do take care of our sprinklers and whatnot i hated re- re- repairing sprinkler heads every spring sure uh, i would tell the guy you know give me a quote but then give me a quote without mowing cuz i want to mow my own lawn yeah And then the quotes were like the same. because
2: it's just like the New York Times Sunday edition costs $11 and then all week long, it's an extra 50 cents.
1: Apparently, uh, just they have the lawnmower there anyway. Somehow it costs you more if they don't use it. Right. Um, and at that point, I don't. I even stopped mowing my lawn. Plus, it seemed like most of my lawn mowing was lawnmower maintenance. But this seems like something you would have farmed
2: out to your kids who are looking for chores, looking for reasons to justify their uh, their,
1: their food consumption. This was like before my kids were old enough to actually do it. Right. And now that my son is old enough, I feel like now we've got a system in place where a vast, invisible underclass does all this work for us. Right. And I'm, I'm the worst. That's teaching basically. him the wrong lessons. I'm a huge part of the problem. Let Soon just... he will be a poor... Uh, Gen Zer, right? With no visible means of support and no access to my amazing wealth
2: and no history of doing menial labor <laughs> yes, as a no, child, no experience with it. I mean, I let me let me come to Caitlin's defense here. There's no reason that she shouldn't be put to manual labor just as much as Dylan. Well,
1: she's only—I t- guess she's t- she's starting to get old enough. She could be mowing lawns when we go to when we go to my in-laws' place, and he's got a big manicured golf course-looking lawn. Yeah. I think I mentioned it on the grass show yep. and a riding mower. Dylan will happily hop on the riding mower and do whatever you want. That's a ride, though. But yeah, that's a free ride. But at home, like the, the best we can do is um hey, uh, we have a cleaning service that comes every few weeks. Hey, like uh your room is a disaster. You need to pre clean mm-hmm. for the actual cleaners.
2: Right. Which oh which always seems like a
1: like a droll irony. We've prepared him for a world in which this invisible slave class exists, but you still have to Slightly inconvenience yourself to avail yourself of it,
2: right? To to clear
1: a path for them. Yay! When I was,
2: uh, I think, what was it? I mean, I was seven years old. I think when my mom first showed me how to use a push mower, really. And we had a.
1: You said you had one of the uh, the non uh, powered kind.
2: Well, we had a. Uh, we when I was young, we had an unpowered mower, right? And I. Um, And I was given that job and there are several pictures of me, Polaroid pictures or washed out Kodachrome photos of me leaning my entire body weight into this push mower where the handles was above my head (laughs) as I, because we had a giant lawn. I mean, we are, we had a third of an acre.
1: That's the smallest lot in Alaska you can get.
2: I was given this job, uh, mow the lawn and I spent, I spent an entire Saturday out there pushing this like. You know, those hand mowers are not – that's not an easy method. My memory of this is that you enjoyed it. Loved it. Well, because it was a it was a man-sized job. And then I got old enough that my mom allowed me to use the electric motor and the n- mower. And 90% of that uh, was just keeping yourself from mowing the electrical cord. Like, you, you know, you had to do this – Constant moving of the of the uh, the extension cord.
1: My, the first time my wife tried to use the weed eater, she cut the cord. She cut the cord. Yeah. She did. Uh,
2: but the electric mower was uh, was an old fashioned one, and so a lot quieter than a than a two stroke gas mower, but still a pretty loud thing. And I felt I was very empowered by having a power tool. But when I graduated to the gas lawnmower. I still, every time I start up a gas mower, I feel
1: like a grown-up. I just have bad associations with the mowers that won't start. I feel like, what a hassle this is. Yeah. Why, right. do, I, why do I have to, every spring, why do I have to re-remember? <coughs> Keep pulling on the thing. Keep pulling on the thing. Okay, what's going on here? <coughs> is it the starter? Do I not have the starter in?
2: Most gas mowers have two-cycle engines, and two-cycle engines are one- Ones where the lubrication, the oil that is necessary to lubricate the the, um, the mechanical parts is actually added into the gasoline. I've never had the kind you have to mix, but what a hassle. Yeah, it is a hassle. Well, you don't mix it yourself, but you do pour, pour the oil into a separate receptacle, and then it mixes into the gas. Oh,
1: that I have done. Aren't, isn't yeah. there some kind where you actually have to like, mix two parts of yeah.
2: fuel? With- so the old-fashioned two-cycle motors like that you see on dirt bikes and, and older uh, mechanical stuff— you had to take a bucket and pour a, uh, some mixture of gas and oil you into it. You have to be it. an
1: alchemist, basically, the, to get your lawnmower started. Then
2: the, then small engine manufacturers realized that if you just gave the consumer an extra place to put the oil and you had a little machine that mixed it in there or a little drip, uh, that would make consumers a lot more comfortable. Uh, to, have a, to have a four-cycle engine, one that actually has sep- a separate lubrication system, much more expensive. Uh, and most gas mowers don't have that. But uh, but those mowers, those those mowers feel like I mean it's the in a lot of ways it's our as young suburbanites
1: your first exposure to being in charge of a powered machine. It absolutely is. And, and this is the, the feeling of ownership that comes because you can imagine the adult mowing his lawn Yeah. and you realize that you know you push down the thing and that thing starts by itself. And you're like, whoa, I'm walking I'm now that guy. I can turn and wave jauntily to a neighbor yeah. as I take a pass across my front yard.
2: And you see the you see the results of the work you're doing. I mean, mm-hmm. there's nothing more satisfying than being uh than making well, I mean, there's plenty more satisfying. I mean
1: nope. the sexual the great, intercourse is nope. better, but nope. The greatest pleasure uh, in life but is looking, a well mowed lawn. That's what I have always said.
0: Hi, it's The Herd. This just in. It's officially fall, and that means a lot of things to a lot of people. The leaves are changing colors. Time to break out the pumpkins, break out the football, and most importantly, break out the Truly Hard Seltzer. Truly has only 100 calories, but has 5% ABV and only one gram of sugar per container. It's the can't-miss drink of the season, so pick up Truly Hard Seltzer today. Truly. Drink what you truly want. Looking
2: back at you know at your well mowed lawn and looking ahead at the at the scraggly
1: weeds, I mean that's a that's a big thrill. Well, I have, I definitely had that every time I like to me the weed whacker was the epitome of that. Like you have just tamed the wilderness. It's the only time I've ever felt like a pioneer.
2: And you used to have a much larger lawn than you do now. Is it's that true. Right?
1: Yeah, it's yeah. In the city, we have a small lawn. And that's fine. It's better for the earth to have a small lawn. Job. It's better
2: for the earth. Grass is bad, as we as we've described. Um, I just bought a new house that has a very large bramble, and in going down there and hacking away at the at the unwanted invasive species and trying to improve this property, I've realized that uh, that this kind of gardening is uh, is deeply satisfying at, a, at a, the most basic human level to go into a overgrown ravine and turn it into a sort of, you know, to build the most rudimentary trail.
1: Uh, it's a meditative work that- that You're immediately in a flow state. You really are. It you turns know. out that our most primal hatred is, is for thicket. Yeah, right. That, like if we could just turn all of our human animus that we- turn on each other if we could just turn away to where it actually belongs if there was
2: blackberries a, if there was a continent that was just overrun right. with sticker bushes and we could each send a, a representative army there to combat them it's basically the plot of starship troopers except those are bugs
1: they have some it turns out they have
2: they're fully conscious well you remember when george bush after george sure. walker bush started two
1: unwinnable wars. He would all, he was all just clearing <laughs> yeah. clearing uh undergrowth. Yeah, what, went it was back it was to Texas sagebrush to or whatever that stuff. Clear brush is. right and he seemed Scr- so happy. Yeah, scrub oak. <laughs> See this problem I can solve. We need a continent of scrub oak. Maybe when global warming makes Antarctica, you know, turns it into Nevada or whatever, that's right. what we should use it for. Just put blackberry bushes down there. Send UN forces in blue helmets and just get out there aggression. It's like when my dogs need to go run around outside.
2: Well, part of the as as we discussed on the grass episode, I mean, a, a real symbol of suburban success um, is to have carved your plot of land away out of out of the bramble, and now be responsible for maintaining it in high style. And as you get richer and richer, you have more and more land, more and more impeccable grass. Uh, you most people are not rich enough to have lawn roombas, but uh, but. It, you do you do have a keep up with the Joneses kind of uh, necessity that you...
1: Right, because you're going to see their nice lawn next right. to yours. If yours is the dandelion lawn, everyone's going to know. Oh. It's back, baby. Listen to that weed whacker. It's delightful. I mean, let the record show that uh, I said, what topic are we going to do omnibus on? And you said, what do you think about the leaf blower? Now, I thought you meant... You, what you actually meant was, do you think we can record while my neighbor is using his leaf blower? Right. And I thought you meant, should we do a show on the leaf blower?
2: Right. And it I- turned out I have an awful lot of leaf blower knowledge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so this show replaced, uh, you know, the Franco-Prussian War. Right. R- or whatever we could have been doing right now. This
2: is a spontaneous uh, a spontaneous omnibus on the leaf blower that is currently... Right outside our window. Right right outside the window of the bunker.
1: So really the only the, the, the only the third person who has the third most influence on the show after you and me is, is your leaf blowing neighbor
2: Doug. My neighbor Doug, yeah. My neighbor Doug likes power tools. He keeps his house impeccably manicured. And uh, and I recognize the sound of his leaf blower as being Doug's leaf blower. And he's it's here in the we're in the depths of Seattle winter, which usually has no snow. But it does a have a lot, a lot of, of
1: leaves clogging, leaves. soggy leaves clogging gutters. So you and get, pine needles. You got to blow them. You got to blow all that stuff before it gets soggy and starts blocking the gutter, or literally your your street will flood.
2: Well, so this is the argument for leaf blowers. Now, um, leaf blowers are a fairly new technology. the The original sort of concept of a of a backpack blower or a handheld blower was uh, was for um, spreading insecticide it, you know it was a fogger machine like to to spread ddt uh, to kill mosquitoes and other pests Really? yeah
1: it post dates so the romans were not walking around with big bellows well they may have been well, what say you dermatitis <laughs> how how clear ye the leaves but the first
2: you know the first kind of uh backpack uh motor powered thing that wasn't uh wasn't a vacuum or a or a a whacker yeah was a was a blower that blew insecticide developed by a japanese company called kuritsu noki this
1: the, is after the war
2: this is after the war it's sort of the 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 i mean pre-korean war so late okay. 40s and it was used uh, this technology was used as a as a fogger all the way through the Silent Spring era. Uh, <laughs> weren't the Japanese
1: worried about Godzilla's and Mothras? Like they absolutely were, but but they didn't know that insecticide could be just as bad.
2: Well, and they were importing or exporting it to the United States. It wasn't until the seventies that the idea of a the, the idea that a blower just a just a simple blower that didn't blow anything else but but air. Um, the idea that this would be a useful appliance not just for garden work but for you know all manner of
1: kind of municipal maintenance. Prior to this everyone raked. Raked and broom. And it was kind of a comic signifier how awful raking leaves was. It was a punchline about dad spending all afternoon making a big pile of leaves and then the kids would run the and kids jump would in the the it or a, a gust of wind would blow it all away. But it was, it was one of the funny, the hilarious um, uh, travails of suburbia.
2: That's right, and it, and it was not. This was before most people had the option of contracting with a landscaping company that would come around and do this work. It was a symbol of kind of the 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 uh, the onerous underbelly of home ownership.
1: But people kind of enjoy Oh, that. sure, because it's
2: a wonderful sort of symbolic fall behavior. It's just like carving pumpkins to get out and rake up all your fall leaves.
1: Because it is a chore that you know you're not going to be doing year-round. Right. So there is that. You're like, you know, for a couple years, I, I, I spent a lot of time raking. I've never owned a leaf blower, but I've lived under my trees and my neighbor's trees enough that I had to do so much raking. Yeah. And I get call- you get calluses, but, you know, there's something about out nice about being out in the crisp fall air. And you know, you know, that tree's going to dump all its leaves over the next three weeks and then it'll be done.
2: Well, my daughter who's eight and a half, as you know, her best friend is Doug's daughter who lives across the street and she and Doug's daughter, uh, this autumn developed, they, they, they watched ghostbusters. Speaking of backpack based technologies. And they, they, they were excited about ghostbusters and they were talking the next the, the day after about ghostbusters and how exciting it
1: was. Did busting make them feel good?
2: Busting made them feel really good, so good that they wanted to continue busting and they were talking about what they could bust and they realized they could bust leaves. And so they started a company, the two of them in our, in our living room, <laughs> called Leafbusters. They came up. They came up with a theme song, which of course is the first thing you do.
1: Is it just Ghostbusters theme by Ray Parker Jr. with a new with, with new a one, one word substitution? But then they also combined
2: it with another, like Huckleberry Hound theme song that they also changed the lyrics to, and they made a mashup, <laughs> which nice. is their theme music. And then they took took uh, rakes out of the garage and started going door to door, completely unprompted by the adults, ringing doorbells, saying, "We're here to bust your leaves." Did they have a rate, or was this fun for them? They had a rate. It was five dollars each per leaf. No, five dollars for the for however long it took.
1: Whoa! And we got a fifteen dollars minimum wage in this city. John. Oh, yeah, but
2: they, these girls were establishing their own their own new economy. I mean, I we also have anti child labor laws, but nobody was putting <laughs> these kids to work. And you know, and of course, I was then pressed into service as the only adult that believed enough in the leafbusters to follow them dutifully around the neighborhood, kind of hiding behind neighbors' cars while these girls went up to the front door in their independence, in their new independence, and struck these deals with people. The two of them have, so far, made $28 each, busting neighbors' leaves.
1: You didn't tell them to raise prices? They really I could. have
2: been suggesting that they raise prices, but, they, but they're but they contemptuous of me and my capitalistic... <laughs> Dad, busting makes us feel good. Yeah, and they're like, late capitalism... <laughs> <laughs> makes us feel bad. Um, okay, boomer. The, the problem... Additionally, in the Northwest, is that a lot of the debris in lawns is pine needle based. Yes. And so – It goes right through a rake. And a lot of the neighbors have said, we don't want you to rake our pine needles. We have somebody do that with a leaf blower. Mm. And so my daughter, who a, a week ago had no opinion about leaf blowers at all, has become incredibly anti-leaf blower. She feels like they are, t- first of all, stealing her jobs. But second of all- (laughs) These leaf blowers come up here? Yep. She's realized that they're noisy, they're dirty, and it's unnecessary because all you need is a broom. You don't need this power tool. So I've been really soaking in leaf blower animus for the last week.
1: It looks like this is all kind of a smokescreen that's you know driven by the fact that she's been put out of work by a leaf blower. She's like the, the Detroit auto line worker- Right. Watching the robot do her job, but but and now she's pretending she cares about the environment. The gr- she wants know, her five dollars.
2: The great irony is that Doug, who is currently leaf blowing right outside our window, in the middle of our show, it's his daughter who is a uh, who's one of the main leaf busters. Isn't
1: that isn't that what we think about about boomers? Yeah, they they, they don't mind. They no. got theirs. Thanks,
2: boomer. <laughs> anyway, the the in the seventies, all of a sudden, leaf blowers came on the scene. And leaf blowers are – they have year-round advantages because although raking leaves is very seasonal – uh, sweeping the front of storefronts, keeping the gutters clean. Uh, sure,
1: now it's a now it's a ninety second job, right?
2: Public parks uh, maintain. You know, if you had a rock garden and it had debris that's in it, a pretty big if it's. Well, I don't know. As as we move away from grass toward white white rock garden, that's right.
1: Maybe climate change will give me a rock garden someday, or maybe I'll just become a, a tech billionaire CEO. It's it's really hard to clean a rock garden of debris unless you have a leaf blower. Talk to me about snow blowers. Is that a different invention? It is. A snow blower is I have a neighbor who has one. A snow is a it, uh,
2: there's basically a, mecha- a large mechanical screw, kind of this this the type of thing that you would use to auger a hole yeah. for a well. Uh, it's sideways and it it uh, it collects the snow and directs it to a um you know, to a, a spout shoots it backwards and shoots it either over to the side or backwards or somewhere out of your, I mean, the, the classic snowblower move is to blow the snow in the di- right where you need yes. to be I guess, blowing. I next. guess I
1: hope it doesn't shoot it directly backwards. Cause you would just be walking along, right. putting it right putting back, it right right your back behind you.
2: And you can, the, the snowblowers have a spout that you can move so that when you turn and come back the other way, you can flip it over and put all your snow in one place. Uh, but that's a you know a kind of auger based thing,
1: and it doesn't work that well with Seattle wet snow either.
2: No, and you know like the the, the greatest snowblowers are ones um, that they put on the front of locomotives to clear the snow off of train tracks, oh. and they are uh, they're propeller blades that are the size of a of the front of a train. And, and you,
1: are they just making a big yeah. wind tunnel, basically? That well, it, uh, or, no. It actually it's, s- the the, the propeller is physically hitting snow. hitting rift. the snow, chopping it up, and sending it off to the side.
2: Because in you know certain parts of the world, snow falls heavily enough that it blocks trains. I mean, you need you need these devices. They're kind of they're famous in Alaska. Uh, the White Pass Yukon Railroad uses one uh, to great
1: effect. I'm trying to imagine. A train with a big propeller. You know, it's not front. like
2: moving super fast. It's, it's not like snow piercer. <laughs> it's, uh, it's moving slow enough that, you know, that this propeller can work. But leaf blowers became very popular, especially in California, where um, uh, popular where landscaping companies, where people are lazy or they're paying other people to do their work. That's because they're lazy. And the recognition that uh, on the part of everyone that that you could do a job four times as fast with a leaf blower as you could with a broom or a rake. Sort of revolutionized the the cleaning up of public spaces.
1: Okay, broomer.
2: Oh, but these were these were two cycle motors in a lot in most cases, um, or they were connected with extension cords, which are not super handy and extremely loud, extremely loud and polluting. Uh, there have been studies done that show that uh, using a leaf blower for a half an hour, a two cycle leaf blower. For one half hour of leaf blowing puts uh, the same amount of particulate emissions and CO2 gases into the atmosphere as would driving a Ford F-150 from Texas to Alaska.
1: That's what I saw the American Lung Association recommends against leaf blowers for that reason. Worse than cars. Well, for that reason
2: and also because leaf blowers blow all the allergens and toxic chemicals that have filtered down onto the ground, all the heavy metals and mercuries and arsenics, uh, you know, basically vaporizes them into... A a cloud that surrounds you, the blower. Yeah, you, the blower, and anyone who's walking
1: around, you know, some of those smaller particulates remain in the air for hours afterwards. Is it just because they don't have, you know, automakers put in new technologies into their engines to make them run more efficiently? And the small size of leaf blower motors means they don't have any of those benefits.
2: Least, leaf blowers and gasoline motors are using very, or I'm sorry. And uh, lawnmower motors are using the very basic little, little engines. I mean, simplest kind of catalytic
1: converter on one, but, but that would require that
2: it be a four cycle motor. So you'd need, you know, you you would, they become increasingly complicated. And the problem with the two cycle motor is that they're extremely inefficient uh, in terms of, how com how much of the fuel they actually combust. About thirty percent of the oil gas mixture that goes into a two-cycle motor just comes right out the other side as vaporized petroleum products without even burn. It doesn't even get burned. So they're not you know, they're not um it's not even smoke exhaust. It's just just pure
1: black. Got my gas guzzler here.
2: <laughs> Uh so as as leaf blowers became more and more popular in California as a as a way of manicuring all these you know these these palatial lawns all this um uh all these not just estates but they became very popular in suburbia one of the arguments for leaf blowers was that much of that work had prior been done with with hoses people would stand out there in their front oh, yard with a, a hose and and wash the dirt out of their driveway. Well, now you can do it with the leaf blower. And in California, as the omnibus has showed more than once, uh, there's a there's a water shortage.
1: I've never done that, but I have I have used a lawnmower to rake my leaves to just uh, chop just, them up. Yeah, just chews them up. Yeah. and mulches mulches them into the bag if you want to compost. I have spent
2: uh, a lot of time with a garden hose out, kind of washing down. Uh, driveways because I live in the northwest where water is in abundance.
1: Our utopia has nothing but water. <laughs> we just choke on that California. We just leave our hoses on all winter. Just, we use, we use water to solve all our problems. My yeah. But this
2: was a selling point for leaf blowers, uh, the labor saving and also water saving. But predictably, California is also the home to um A lot of very special people who are very, very precious. Uh, Who are we talking about here? Movie stars? We're talking about upper middle class uh, homeowners in Carmel by the Sea. (laughs) And so uh, the recognition that these were disruptive, polluting, and also extremely annoying machines caused uh, the residents of the aforementioned Carmel by the Sea to ban leaf blowers even before they were invented. What? Wait. Uh,
1: Somehow— they, they were using leaf blowers in Carmel by the Sea. Should <laughs> mankind ever attain a level of technology such that leaves may be moved magically through the air, we hereby <laughs> ban them in advance. So you're saying that they passed this law back in the 50s or 60s or whatever?
2: 1975, Carmel by the Sea had had uh, had banned this kind of backpack blower,
1: and there was no commercial uh, one such thing available. It was,
2: it was on it was on the uh, on the horizons the the the, the uh, Noki Company had uh, introduced the leaf blower as a leaf blower rather than just sort of an all-purpose blower in 1977. But they were already – they had already – were marketing blowers for other – you know, backpack blowers for other purposes. In 19 – you know, shortly thereafter, maybe a year later, the company changed their name to Echo. The Echo Company, which still sells leaf blowers, is one of the main – producers of leaf blowers but uh carmel by the sea was ahead of their time beverly hills banned leaf blowers in
1: 1978 and that began a um you can kind of see that it's all communities where the homeowners themselves are not convenienced that much by the existence of leaf blowers right they don't mind if they're low-paid staffs Uh, Sit and broom. Yeah, take a few hours longer in a quieter fashion. Right.
2: And the argument, you know, the landscaper argument is that it costs a lot more to do it with a broom, but residents of Carmel-by-the-Sea aren't really that concerned about it. Compared to, like, sitting at home looking at your Fabergé egg collection and hearing that annoying sound that, thankfully, now Doug
1: has stopped leaf blowing again. Should we change the topic of the show? No, I don't think so. The Franco-Prussian War.
2: (laughs) Uh, but, but wealthy neighborhoods across the country, sort of like dominoes one by one banned leaf blowers, rye, New York, and, uh, you know, it's con- the kind of law you could pass in the
1: richest 0.1% and in the poorest chunk of America where nobody's using power tools on their lawn anyway, Right, you right. know, apartment dwellers or whatever, but there's a vast middle of suburbanites who hate the noise, don't like pollution much, but also hate raking more.
2: Right. And, and, and. As it became more and more of an environmental issue, it became more easily banned, or leaf blowers became more easily banned in larger municipalities, Washington, D.C., Los Angeles as a whole.
1: Oh, really? And, L.A. LA bans leaf blowers? Well, yes. and um, Seattle has not.
2: Controversially, right? Because it is, although it is a pollution problem, increasingly more and more were, Electric and then eventually battery powered, as battery power technology got to the point that it could it could make a handheld leaf blower that had a reasonable range.
1: What's the noise difference like?
2: It's a lot. It's a lot less noise with a with a, a battery powered blower. Although there's still a whirring motor, sure. you don't have this this uh, grinding
1: gas engine. It's a, it's a more beautiful noise.
2: Although this leaf blower that we've been listening to is is a battery-powered one. It's an electric it's, one. Oh, it's still not great, huh? It's not, it's still not great. It's Do you think a the Carmel
1: sounding. Law was like, if such a time comes that leaf blowers can be made to have Harmonious, melodious sounds. Maybe,
2: if one w- if one just played the
1: nut- Nutcracker Suite. <laughs> <laughs> can you think of any technologies you would ban right now, should they ever exist? Like, would you like oh. to write a law like that? <laughs> oh, gosh. I can think of so many
2: laws I want to write for things that don't exist yet.
1: Why didn't we do it for, like, facial recognition? Like, we had the chance. Oh, too late. Oh, yeah. The cat's out of the bag. Uh
2: the 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 thing that battery powered leaf blowers don't do is they don't stop creating uh, air pollution in the form of yeah they're k- still kicking up the same st- stuff kicking up and there's even more mercury and arsenic on the ground now than there ever was is that true
1: oh yeah because What's, of all the there?
2: mercury arsenic uh, companies that are that just make it to aerosol it.
1: I've just seen all the movies. They're just all mm-hmm. dumping it near schools. And then the enterprising lawyer, the crusading lawyer, has to call them out on it. And maybe it's Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, maybe. Who knows?
2: Uh, a gas powered leaf blower creates uh, like over 100 decibels of noise. It is, um, it's something that becomes a workplace hazard. It's why you see all those uh, leaf blower people with, they've they've got with ear- earmuffs on.
1: Earmuffs on. Yeah. The same thing I now wear to Vampire Weekend shows because I'm extremely old. Oh, it's too
2: bad. You, do, you you have to buy them in the children's section, don't you? <laughs> Are they all pink and covered <laughs> with unicorns?
1: I actually do wear earplugs at concerts, and maybe I should have started sooner.
2: Uh, I should have done it. I actually have custom... Custom earplugs, but I like
1: molded to the size of yours. They yeah. dri- they dripped candle wax in there or something. But I always forget. I always
2: forget to bring them. I, I just don't
1: like there, how like, the music sounds Gah. when you put them in. You're 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 dan dan and then you put them in. And it's like oh well.
2: The expensive ones, uh, they they don't muffle. The ones that I have have uh, you can they have a, a perfect. They let a perfect screen of oh, that's of, what I want of frequencies through. So you still hear that thumping
1: bass. Although. Meh, I uh, I've been doing a thing where I put one in one ear and then oh that's in that's, and out yeah I so, like to so do each that ear too. goes deaf still but at a half the speed keep keep one ear pointed away from the stage and you'll be fine um, you could just use noise canceling headphones for your oh, for yeah, your but neighbor's you lawnmower look door. like a door sure. can
2: you smell like one two? we recommend that
1: you listen to this show retroactively you listen to the show with noise canceling earphones so you don't hear Doug
2: now there is um there. There is a, still uh, a big market for these. Landscapers will say that one of the major, you know, a, as we move away from, as homeowners are like, well, I mean, um, we don't care about the extra cost. Although I think that is convincing for for your regular homeowner like Doug would care about the extra cost. Doug won't spend an extra two dollars to I mean Doug wouldn't even give $5 to his own daughter to rake his leaves. He was like, "I have a leaf blower. Get out of here."
1: He's not a client? Get
2: out of your own lawn. Jeez.
1: You got to support Leaf Busters, Doug. But a lot of uh, a lot of
2: landscapers will say that much of the landscaping that happens now is municipal landscaping. All of these public works projects, all of the city streets and so forth. And that additional cost if 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 people were doing that work manually, that is your taxpayer dollars and mm-hmm. you know that resonates with people. Um, But leaf blower technology continues to be a a kind of growth area. In fact, just recently, Elon Musk, no less than Elon Musk, announced uh, that – and this is this year – announced that –
1: A massive laser in space that will shoot the leaves on your lawn. No, Tesla,
2: Tesla is working hard. Is it just battery tech? Is that the main thing?
1: Well, no. I
2: mean, it's Elon Musk, right? So he's using every part of the buffalo, (laughs) and he's trying to create a quiet electric leaf blower.
0: Problems. It's human nature to hate problems. But why is that? After all, problems inspire us to mend things, bend things, make things better. That's why so many people work with IBM on everything, from city traffic to ocean plastic. New schools to new energy. Flight delays to food safety. Smart loves problems. IBM. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com smart to learn more.
1: Here's my idea. Ultrasonics. You just... You pulverize. Yeah, shoot vibrations at the stuff. Zzz, and it just turns into dust, but then what do you do about the
2: dust? Then the world is covered with a layer of leaf dust you got to uh, blow it. you got
1: to blow that dust. But where are you blowing it to? It's still going to be leaf dust somewhere. Well, there are also vacuums
2: oh. that do this work, right, that can vacuum up. And I think if you pulverize the leaves, then you could come along behind them with some kind of noisy electric it's vacuum.
1: It's doubling the number of noisy things, one to inhale and one to exhale. It but doesn't if they, seem efficient.
2: If they were all Roombas – yeah. I don't know. You know, the, the Elon Musk story has an interesting antecedent, which is that about a month before, El- or no, no, I'm sorry, a week before Elon Musk announced the quiet electric leaf blower, Rain Wilson, star of stage and screen, <laughs> local, local legend Rain Wilson, Seattle's, Seattle's own Dwight, uh, Rain Wilson of the office television program, tweeted at Elon Musk. He said, "Can you make a quiet electric leaf blower?" Um, a week later, Elon Musk announced it. Rain Wilson said, "Hey, thanks, Elon. You know, give me some credit here." And Elon said, "No, we were doing it already." Neener, neener.
1: What a dick! Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't he just be nice and say, "We appreciate your input. We we live to serve." I know. I would
2: like to say high five, Rain Wilson, for
1: for you know taking it to taking it right to to Elon. I bet he did. I bet Elon's just—he's, you know, fabricated all these backdated documents to make it look like they were working on leaf blowing lasers, right? Laser robots. Uh, but I think I'm going to say it was all Dwight.
2: Well, yeah. Let's le- let's uh, let's give Dwight
1: credit where credit is due. Unless these are the robots that eventually become sentient, and they're all on our front lawns, just. Vaporizing us. Well that's
2: the thing. I mean if you've ever watched uh any when i and I know you have, any of those Boston dynamic videos of uh, right. uh of their robot dogs that absolutely look like terror kill machines. Like
1: this has been invented to kill you. If uh That's if, the name. That's the trade name.
2: If one of the those robot
1: that will kill you by was Boston out, Dynamics, like
2: click clacking out in your yard, uh pulverizing Leaves with a laser beam and then vacuuming them up.
1: There's got to be an organic solution. There's got to be some kind of bacteria or some kind of- That eliminates inf- leaves? That chews them up. That's not what we some want. Some kind of cool termite that you just uh, unleash in your yard. In the morning, you wake up and- It has no natural predators. It's, it's all gone. <laughs> no, it, all, it gets so full of the leaves it chews up that it just immediately dies.
2: And becomes mole food. And then there's a, there's a mole
1: plague. I guess you're, I guess you're always going to have these externalities. I don't know. Well, this has become uh, What you can do is what we're already doing cut down all the trees in suburbia. As long as America all die of Dutch elm disease. Yeah, as long as the tree cover of American cities continues to decline, this problem solves itself very quickly, right? But the
2: leaf blower leaf blower controversy has become kind of a um like a a, a not a personification but um exemplar. It's the it is maybe one of the key exemplars of a sort of suburban NIMBY cluelessness. Signifier. You wanted to say signifier. I do. It's a signifier of NIMBY cluelessness. An SNC. Because, because so much of the complaint about leaf blower uh, noise and pollution seems to come from incredibly privileged people who have almost no... Real problems. <laughs> real problems and no sense that th- that this is a minor complaint relative to And this is popular within our culture, right? That if you make a minor complaint, there's always a chorus of people there to remind you that people are dying of starvation and and, and et cetera, et cetera, right? right? That your complaint does not measure up to the ultimate complaint. And Uh, I don't think we've arrived yet at what the ultimate unassailable complaint could be.
1: uh, We need a problem so bad that you can always use it as that punchline. I believe in this 100%. There's only so many hours in a day. Every minute— I'm spending whining about leaf blowers. I should be spending uh raising money for cancer research. Right,
2: right. I mean there's always someone whose child died of a of a horrible condition a little bit younger than the last person whose child yes. died and that person has
1: and that person primi- is probably probably a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> and the other quarterback, whose child was a little older, is, is is mad. But there, but there, there is a real dividing
2: line culturally now between people who are defending leaf blowers and people who are uh, opposed to leaf blowers. What is the
1: woke side of this debate? It's not clear. I mean, it really the, isn't. Are you clear. on the? If you're on the side of the earth, you're also with the angry ultra-rich NIMBYs who can afford manual lawn care
2: but you're if you're on the side of the worker yeah. then you are also on the side of the polluter and, and the, the mer- enslaver
1: the mercury and the noise right nobody but, likes mercury and noise
2: nobody does and and so how do you i mean what let me let me put it to you ken as uh, as the woke
1: omnibuser as the jury of all wokeness which side do you come down upon there, there's got to be some Solomonic move I can out. Right? There. How do you cut the cut, you cut the, the baby leaf, in two? Cut the leaf blower in half. Uh, are you pro rake or are you pro blower? I'm pro rake, but I'm pro a vast government program of getting inner, you know, underprivileged kids out to to uh, to rake to, the to world. Rake, to rake the world at um at at competitive market. Pay so you're saying that, that you have your if it were up to you I you want to would nationalize the raking industry
2: you would pass a fifteen dollar an hour law and put underprivileged youths to work raking the law lo- raking the lawns of Carmel by the sea
1: or anywhere else anywhere for anywhere a, that for needs a, a rake. good living wage that's that's the basis of of my um of my plan uh which I call uh Leafs across America. Rakes across America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's the JFK era kind of a uh, big great society right, the, name the, for this? Camelot. Uh,
2: what would it be? It would be, yeah, it would be the uh, Leafs Project Administration. The LPA. I guess, uh, uh, you know, I have to argue for the technology side and say that like everything, Silicon Valley is going to disrupt the uh, – disrupt both sides of the leaf clearing debate. They'll
1: do it in some awful venture capitalist way. It'll be an app. (laughs) It'll be an app that brings some sad person to your house (laughs) to rake and then you'll find out later he's getting like 89 cents an hour. Right. You you offer him a tip and he's like, we're not allowed to take tips. Wink, wink, (laughs) wink. Please give me food. My family hasn't eaten in weeks. And that concludes The Leaf Blower. And hopefully it concludes your neighbor's leaf blowing. I haven't heard it in a few minutes.
2: No, no. It sounds like Doug has gone home.
1: Entry 707.DA0414, certificate number 25458 in the omnibus. So now you know how to get your topic on the show. Just stand next to John's house and do something annoying and he will do a show about it. Yeah, that's right. Let the record show. I have a neighbor named Doug as well, but he's very nice and makes uh, scented soap. Hmm. He'll he'll just bring over lav- what? he'll just bring over lavender soaps that he's made in his basement, presumably not with human uh, tissue.
2: Presumably, we uh, we assume. I wish that uh, you know my Doug is fairly nice neighbor, but he has never he has a kind of cake thing that every once in a while he brings over a piece of cake. But every gift from Doug
1: has strings attached. Not our Doug. Our Doug will bring over the nice soap, and he'll always tell us. I didn't use any human fat or tissue in this. Hmm. And we're like, that's odd that he always insists mm. on that, but mm-hmm. but we believe him. Uh, listeners, in the unlikely event that uh, social media still exists in your era, uh, you can find our tweets and posts at Omnibus Project on all the good platforms. John is at John Roderick on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Ken Jennings uh, on Twitter. But uh, I don't need the followers. I'm fine. Follow John. Uh, there was a Facebook page at which futurelings could complain about all the parallel universe comics uh, we did not mention on the show. That's currently what it's for right now, at least. Um, we received digital communication at our email address. Uh, nobody knows what the E is for. Hmm. Just a weird thing about email. Could be anything. Really? Yep. Email electronic. I don't think that's right. Electronic mail? <laughs> no, you're right. It's electronic. Oh, whew <laughs> uh, Our address was the Project at gmail.com. Uh, people could mail us physical artifacts, send us all your mulched leaves and chick tracts to, or all the Christmas presents you didn't want to The Omnibus Project, P.O. Box 55744, Shoreline, Washington, 98155. If Santa brought you cash or a rich uncle died, yes. and you feel like it's time to support your interests and passions, yes. and you are a lawn mowing podcast listening suburbanite, um, you can help subsidize the expenses of the Omnibus uh, by uh, pledging uh, to donate at patreon.com slash Future
2: Futurelings, from our vantage point in your distant past, when we were maybe in the last age, where people could be annoyed by something so small as a motor on a on a on a thing on a machine that's doing work that really nobody cares about, like you're living in the post-apocalyptic wasteland where the sound of a leaf blower would be music to your ears, because exactly. it, would, it would symbolize a, a halcyon time when. We had so
1: little to worry about. Also, when there were leaves before
2: we killed right. all the trees. Where our, our skin wasn't sloughing off, where we didn't have to coat ourselves in sewer mud just to survive a brief run across a sun-baked scape.
1: It's all just a, I just realized this. It's all an implication of suburbia. People living in cities are used to terrible noises and don't complain. People in the country live half a mile from their nearest neighbor. Right. Suburbia was where we still jammed people together, but somehow gave them the expectation of... That they had uh, a bucolic uh,
2: privacy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you know, there are an awful lot of leaf blowers being used in the cities, but you're right. They just are part of the That's hey, that's sound. New York. Yeah. Oh, the jackhammer
1: at 7 a.m. again. <laughs> you gotta love it. Taxi cab horns. Yeah. What a city. <laughs> that's why you want to be on the 20th floor or up of the hotel. Well, we hope
2: and pray that this catastrophe we fear may never come. And in that sense, Ken, maybe we should rejoice that Doug is still out there on his roof blowing pine needles into his gutters.
1: One of the one of the great constants of uh, modern life. Yeah. But if the worst comes soon, this
2: recording, like all our recordings, may have been our final word. And to you, Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. If providence allows in the form of, uh, in this case... A Godchild Born in a Manger. We hope uh, we hope to be back with you soon for another entry. Oh, and also, enjoy The Week Between, which is a uh, Christmas song by me and Jonathan Colton. You can listen to it on Spotify. Nice plug. It's about The Week Between, Christmas and New Year, which... Perfect time to announce this. Yeah. Um, and also, enjoy another entry in the Omnibus.
0: Do you travel to recover from heartbreak to trace your dna escape the internet on our podcast a way to go we've been exploring all the reasons we travel i'm Geraldine gerba i'm pavia rosati and together we're the founders of travel website Fab. and we've already heard so many great stories such as an actress in rural kenya explaining the ins and outs of safe sex a graffiti artist tagging the islands of southeast asia a producer arranging high fashion photo shoots in the desert listen to a way to go on the iHeartRadio app on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts